Welcome today. As my dad David shares from his heart, this short biblically-based devotional. David is a speaker, author, former pastor, songwriter, and founding director of Youth with the Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, and I know his message will be encouraging to you. I will reflect on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles, your awe-inspiring deeds. Psalm 145, 5. Three very special people came to our aid during our long winter drive from California to Montana almost 50 years ago. The ever-kind and always helpful Han brothers from the church high school group I led had volunteered to drive their heavy truck and trailer, which carried our furniture and things. And my very close friend, Jack Anderson, had joined us in our moving efforts. He rode along with us in the back seat of our 21-year-old Buick, oftentimes holding baby Jeff in his arms. When we drove into Kalispell on the evening of December 28, 1972, Kathy and I had less than $500 in our pockets which would be enough to get a room in the cheapest motel in town and then, the next day, hopefully rent a place for our family to live. We all got a good night's rest, and the next morning, the moving crew joined us for a late breakfast in a small, nearby restaurant. You may remember that it was my cousin Robin and his wife Patty, who I spoke of in the episode called Directions in a Dream, had only six weeks earlier visited us in California. And it was then when they announced they believed that it was God's plan for Kathy and I to move to Montana and that he wanted us to move there right away. Which Kathy and I thought was cute of them to announce, and we loved them for trying. But we, I at least, probably wouldn't pray about it, even though I may have said we would. Then Patty, of course, said, Let's pray right now. Sure, I think I may have said. No time like the present. I think Patty may have had me figure it out about my praying anymore about it. I mean, you just don't get up and leave the only place you've ever known, a place with major sporting events, warm sandy beaches, and all the modern comforts of life. But much worse, you don't just leave your people You don't just leave your dynamic church, the high school kids you lead and love, your dearest friends, your moms and dads, and your entire extended families, and take your trusting little children, including a newborn, to a small one-horse-and-buggy Montana town, where they still depend on the Pony Express, and where there are things like snow and ice, and grizzly bears. For a time, Kathy thought grizzly bears could be roaming around in the parking lots of supermarkets. That is, if the small town even had a supermarket. Oh, good. They would have two supermarkets. Well, two not-so-supermarkets, anyway. So in case you haven't heard that earlier episode, Robin and Patty did pray that morning in our California home. Patty's prayer was pretty much to the point. Father in heaven, she said, show David and Kathy that they are supposed to come to Montana and that they're supposed to come right away. And a few minutes later, 
They got up, went outside to their old vehicle, and began the three-day drive back to Montana. And when they were nearly out of sight, the weirdest thing happened. I mean weird. The phone rang, and it was our scary church pastor, Jim Spillman. I call him scary because he was a very well-known, deeply spiritual man who had regular conversations with God. And Pastor Spillman was phoning to ask me if I could drive down to his office and meet with him right away. And he and I never had regular conversations. So I jumped in my car, and after repenting all along the drive of every sin I'd ever committed, I was there in his office, sitting nervously in a chair across from him. And then, just 20 minutes after Patty's prayer, Pastor Giant Man of God Spillman told me about a very vivid, in full and living color, dream that he had had the night before. And in his detailed dream, I, David, was standing in the middle of a large encampment, in a beautiful mountainous place that reminded him of Switzerland. And thousands of young people were coming to this encampment from other nations. And then in time, these same young people were leaving to go to other nations. And there was more, of course, until finally he said, David, I don't have much more to share with you. You're doing a great job here as the high school pastor. But God is up to something here. Because when I woke up this morning, he immediately spoke to me and said, I want you to tell David about the dream. I want you to tell him right away. I was stunned. Like it it was an 11 on the stun scale. Oh my word, I thought. Kathy and I and the kids are moving to the land of snow and ice and grizzly bears. We're moving to Montana. And here we sat, only six weeks after Robin and Patty's announcement in Pastor Spillman's dream, having a country breakfast in our very own one-horse-and-buggy town. Patty had joined us for our first Montana breakfast. Robin was at work. We had been in communication so they knew when we would be arriving. And just the day before, Patty had found a small older house for rent. It was actually the only one available in the entire town. And she had arranged for us to meet the owner of the house that same morning. By the end of the day, we were completely moved in. I was able to pay our first and last month's rent, pick up a few bags of groceries at the not-so-supermarket, and then, just after dark, I found a phone booth where I would make a call to my parents in California. Dad and Mom, we're here, and God is taking care of us. And later that night, for the very first time, Kathy and I prayed over our children in our new home in Montana. I do a lot of looking back these days. Kathy and I both do. And we can't help but marvel, and and I mean marvel, over the amazing genius of God. It's incredible when I think of, one, his master planning ability, and then two, how he orchestrates his plans to make sure they come together precisely as he planned. I'm totally fascinated by the circumstances and especially by the people God puts into our lives to help us accomplish His ingenious plans. I've named just a small number of those kinds of people here today. 
but I could name hundreds more of them that God used to help us all along the course of our life. Never in my life have I entertained the thought of running in a marathon, though I admire those who do. I've seen and understand that most long-distance runners need to hydrate at aid stations, which are placed along the race course. These aid stations are manned by volunteers that provide water and or other fluids for the thirsty runners. These stations and volunteers have to be strategically positioned every few miles. They are not there by coincidence. The event planner and coordinator makes sure that this happens for the sake of the runners. And the exact same thing is true for the runners in God's kingdom. The greatest, most genius event planner of all positions aid stations manned by his servant-hearted kingdom people along the kingdom course that we're all moving forward on. With those truths in mind, here are some more memorable moments from our family journey. They took place about a month after Kathy and I drove into Kalispell in obedience to a word from God and a dream, both given to us from some of God's chosen aides. Kathy and I were at the kitchen table where we began to discuss our finances. I had been looking for work every day, all day, while praying every day to know his next steps for us, and every day our Heavenly Father had been taking care of us. And on this morning, we were looking up to him again. Our second month's rent was due by the end of the day, and we were $40 short, so we prayed. We thanked him for all he had done, and we asked again for further guidance, and we closed by asking him for $40. About a half hour later, we got a knock at the front door. It was Lorne and Ruth Pettijohn, neighbors who we had met just a few weeks before. Lorne and Ruth were a very hardworking, very godly, and a very loving older couple, about the same age as our parents. And in only a short time, we had become close. They were two of many folks we had met who, for some reason, genuinely believed that God had brought us to Montana. They were constantly encouraging us. I'm shaking my head over that even now. Wow, Father, you gave us favor with such wonderful people. They didn't stay very long that morning. They had just wanted to say a quick hello and give us some quick hugs. As they stepped back out onto our front porch, Lorne turned around and spoke. Oh, and there's this. He handed me an envelope, and then they both turned to walk back to their home, just two blocks away. Thank you for stopping by, we both shouted, and we closed the front door. Kath and I walked back to the kitchen table, sat down, and I opened the envelope. Inside it was a check for $40. First we gasped, and then almost simultaneously we said, Thank you, Father. Now, with respect to our Heavenly Father's genius in this situation, I have to quickly tell you what happened next. I waited about three minutes until I knew Lorne and Ruth would be home, and I called them on the phone. Ruth answered. I asked her to get Lorne on the extension line so I could tell them both. First, thank you. And second, that just a half an hour before they stopped by, we had asked God specifically for $40 in order to pay our rent. That's due today. 
I could first hear an obvious weepiness in Lauren's voice, then in Ruth's. That was them. They could quickly get tearful when talking about their wonderful God. But there was more to the story. You see, it was their custom to write out their tithe check during the first waking hour of the first day of the week. And so Ruth had done that. She had written a check to their church for $25, their weekly tithe amount. Within a minute or so, Lauren said, You know, Ruth, I know this is very unusual, since it's our tithe check and all, but I think God wants us to give this week's check to David and Kathy to help them begin their ministry here. And I think the check should be for $30. Ruth completely agreed, so she tore up the first check and wrote out a second check to the Grahams for $30. A minute later, Ruth said, Lauren, this isn't quite right. I believe God is saying that the check needs to be for $40. Lauren said, yes. So, the second check was torn up and a third one was written, made out to David and Kathy Graham in the amount of $40. When I heard exactly what had happened, I joined in with my weepy voice, big time. Oh, dear Father, you are so faithful and so amazing. Dear friend, the genius of our God is amazing. We can have actual proof of that. All we need to do is to look back and remember. Maybe for the first time, realize that many of our past moments were actually ingenious God moments. He's always been there, orchestrating his plan in your circumstances and positioning people, his appointed aides, all along the course of your life. So look back, reflect, and then look forward. Dear Father, give my friend, your dear one, a peace about their future. As they look back, as they reflect, remind them of or reveal to them those moments of your amazing genius. And as you have done with me, I ask you to put a new confident smile on their face as they turn to move forward. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit inmomentslikethese.com.